to the Polish Woman Show. I love it when it's Monday because that's when I get to do my purpose and help you women out there. And I don't know what you've been, you know, going through the past few weeks or months or days, but I hope our guest for today and our topic for today will inspire you somehow because this is really a good story what we're gonna um, share with you it's choose it's choosing to change course so i think all of us have been stuck in in a rut at some point right maybe you were working a job that left you feel depressed maybe you were in a relationship where you didn't feel fulfilled maybe you were at you know at a low point in your life when you just wanted something more sometimes it's easy to move past this and other times it feels like we may never break free so our guest for today i when i spoke to her i said oh my gosh i said you have to be on our show because i feel like she felt like when i spoke to her i felt like she was walking in circles navigating a life that is not about her anymore it's about, you know, it's about, it's everything is about the people around her, you know, her husband, her children, her family, her friends, and even because she is a former dentist, even her patients. In fact, it, I think her whole life is all about her patients. And, and um, she stopped taking care of herself. She stopped taking care of what, what is good for her and what she thinks her purpose in life is. And, but she said something to herself that really ignited my in my thoughts. And, I'm, and I, really, I really am like, I want this beautiful woman to hear this, all of you. So here, here today on our show, as we listen to her story, please welcome Negin Pappen. He is, she is an author of five books. Oh my gosh, Negin, welcome to the Polish Woman Show. so many things that's happening in our world right now and um, all we do is like pray for everyone and pray for peace you know guys pray for peace but for now I want to share with you a beautiful story that hopefully will inspire you um, and inspire you all of women out there about your story because I know a lot of women are actually in her situation right now I used to be in your situation by the way <laughs> and I know that you know I know I want them to hear your story and I know that this will really encourage some of you women to maybe switch or shift into another course there you um, go so I have to tell you when when I when you called me and we spoke, mm -hmm. I, I always I told you actually I always find it so interesting when people tell me like that my story is inspiring yeah. because I just feel like it's my story you mm -hmm. know and that it could be anyone's story yeah. you know what I'm saying so um, telling you my story it's it's kind of like where do I start what mm -hmm. are we, what are we focusing on but. Um, to understand me, you have to understand where I come from. So yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm Persian and mm -hmm. I am first generation. Mm -hmm. I'm the eldest and I'm the only girl. So that's like oh. a triple whammy in my culture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
you know, it's, it's interesting. We're, we're a very rich culture, but, mm-hmm. um, that being said, there is always an inherent difference between being a girl and being a boy. Oh right? yes. Yes. And oh my, my parents never really made me feel like, you know, like, Oh, my brothers were more important. Never like yeah. that. Yeah. But there was just a, there was almost like an expectation that, you know, they have all these expectations for their children mm-hmm. and they want all these things. And with their sons, it was almost like it was their responsibility yeah. to create those humans mm-hmm. from these boys. Yes. But almost like as a girl, we're just born into being expected to be that way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Are they, are, are they expecting you to be like, okay, I'm, you're just going to be a wife, and but no. you're going to have a career? No. Well, yeah. a lot of a lot of people in the culture do, but yes. no, not yeah. mine. My mm-hmm. mom is... Um, she is a fire. She's just fire. Okay. She's fierce. She's strong. Mm-hmm. She's the strongest person I know. And she doesn't take anyone's crap. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> and my mom, you know, she, she struggled in the same ways that all of us first generation Iranian women do here mm-hmm. in the sense that we're trying to find a place between these two different worlds, okay. right? Yeah. This deep cultural, traditional world that our families come from and this new, you know, independent, American world. Yeah. So we, we have to find a gray in this black and white and mm-hmm. it's really, really tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom being, even though that she came from the traditional side, um, she had that fire in her too. And so my mom came here not knowing a word of English um, and she had no family here. Mm-hmm. And my father, when they got married, he left a few days later to come here and go to school and they were apart for two years. And so, um, when she came, she was essentially all alone. Yeah. And um, she had to teach herself to speak and all those things. But, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't enough for her being just, uh, you know, a mother yeah. or, you know, a housewife. She she had a really successful daycare for years mm-hmm. while we were in school. So that mm-hmm. would allow her to be home with us and, and do that, but still have some sort of career. And then once we moved, um, she decided she was done with that. And my mom is has been a respiratory therap- therapist for about two decades now and so she would I mean she was studying science and things that I was studying at the same time as I was studying them you know so so she's always been a very um determined person and so my mom one thing she told me from the beginning was um I don't want you to focus on getting a husband or learning how to do, you know, I love housework or cooking or things like that. I can teach you all that when you find someone. Yeah. What I want for you is to have a career yeah. where you could stand on your own two feet uh-huh. um, and not depend on a man because she wanted my husband to be an addition to my life, not a necessity. And so that was something I was always great with. My mom, my mom always put that in me, but mm-hmm. you know, being from my culture, it's a joke that we all say, you know, they want you to be a doctor, an attorney or yeah. an engineer. Like those are yeah, the three, those are the three you know, <laughs> tickets. Right. And so, um, so I never even really thought about mm-hmm. anything else that yeah. was just always kind of put into me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then growing up, there was an entire, creative aspects of my life yeah. like, that no, no, my family didn't really know about. I mean, I would write stories as young as I can remember, yeah. 11, 12 years old, uh-huh. and write stories. And then when I was in high school, it was uh, um, poetry. Okay. And then that evolved to music. I started writing songs yeah. and then I got into a band yeah. and I wrote like music and we, we performed. And my family didn't actually know I could sing until I was almost 18 years old. A oh. senior in high school, our band put on a concert, and my parents sat in the front row. And when we did an original ballad that I had written, uh-huh. they were bawling. 
Oh my god. Now mind you, I would do concerts in my bedroom. I would, you know, we had this little garage converted in the back. Uh -huh. I had like a mirror in it and I would dance and sing. And <laughs> so I did all these things, but you know, that was never something that was nurtured. Uh -huh. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you that you can do these things. Yeah. But this can always be a hobby that you do on the side. Like, okay, nah, weekends, yeah. Okay. So life just like started. I had to be a grown up all yes. right away. You know? Right away, yeah. And it, you know, things got real. It was like, you know, being a wife, being a mother, being a daughter, being a sister, being a dentist. And it was these hats that just kept piling up on my head. Yeah. And to the point where I felt like I was almost a circus act, mm -hmm. standing there trying to keep these hats from falling over mm -hmm. and juggling knives at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? And it just, there was no space or room for me. Yeah. And I just gave and gave and gave. My job was giving, you know, my life was giving. Everybody needed something. And I had been so, um, you know, like it was so ingrained in me to give, you mm -hmm. know, that I didn't know any different. And around my mid-30s, probably later 30s, because um, I'm 44 now, um, I started to feel suffocated. Yeah. Like, truthfully, I could not breathe. Yeah. It felt like someone was sitting on my chest. And I was having breakdowns, like, you know, crying and just unhappy and just, you know. Oh, and on top of that, my son, my second son, um, when he was born, uh, 18 months, he got really sick. And by two years old, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, being the mother of a chronically ill child was another hat on top yeah. of my head. And yeah. those years of trying to get him the right doctors, get him the right medicine, fighting everyone, you know, mm -hmm. to calling insurance. I mean, it was just a full-time thing and it consumed me and those were some really dark dark years dark where years, I didn't yeah. know whether I was going to make it out of that my, my marriage was going to make it out of that mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen to my son there was lots of praying lots of deals being made with mm -hmm. God lots of give that to me and take it from him and yeah. it was a really really hard a lot of guilt because mm -hmm. my others they're only two years apart yes. so I had two babies yeah do you know what I mean and so yeah. as I spent all this time doing these things for my youngest I was away from my oldest and it was just it was a nightmare for me mm -hmm. um and my mother actually was my rock that mm -hmm. woman I I can't do life without her. She's the, and I can't do life without either of them. Yes. My father is a, a rock in a whole different way. Yeah. But in this particular situation, I she held my hand. She spoke when I couldn't. She dealt with, I couldn't even speak to family, mm -hmm. calling to see how I was doing because the next person that told me he was gonna grow out of it, I was gonna crawl through the phone and strangle. Do you know what I mean? And it was like my mom, just, I wouldn't have made it through that without her. But, that was a really hard time for me as well. And so when I got to this point, it was just like, there was nothing left in this world, like nothing left. Yeah. And I told my husband, I, I, would have, I told him, I said, I am suffocating. I can't breathe. I feel like I have nothing left for me, that, there, that I've lost who I am. I don't even know who I am, yeah. you know? And, um, and I, I just want to get in the car and I want to run away. 
and I just want to go, right? Not that I would, but that's the feeling that I, I had, you know? And um, it was this random night, with, so we had some friends over, and we were outside talking, and I was telling a story about yeah. something that had happened. And my one of my friend's husbands looked at me at the end of the story and said, Nagin, you should really write a book. Yeah. And I looked at him like, that's funny, right? Yes. And he goes, he was like, you know, no, you're a really good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it at the moment, but the days passed and all of a sudden there was a seed that was planted and I started to feel this yearning and I started to remember that I did these things before, right? There was this part of me. And a few weeks later, I decided to sit down and write, just write. Just write the book. Just write, right? Like I didn't think anything of where it was going to go. And um, people always think my first book, Forbidden by Faith, is actually my story. Your story. It's not my story. It was, um, it was it was evolved or it was triggered by my sto- my just the basics of my story. So the characters in this book are both Iranian and one is Jewish and one is Muslim. Mm-hmm. And so my husband, we are the same. So we're both Persian, but one of us is, was born Muslim or was born Jewish. Yeah. And that's a really big deal in my culture. Yeah. Um, a little bit less so these days, but you know, a couple decades ago, pretty, pretty, you know, big. Um, and I was lucky because we didn't hit a lot of resistance. Yeah. Um, my in-laws are great, but I wanted to write. And so I just picked the first thing that started my head yeah. and I was like, how could this story have gone? Right. Yeah. And so I wrote the story and that well, I'm sure we're going to get into, but that evolved into books being published. Um, but having that for me, yes. this writing thing yeah. is, is something that is just for me. Right? That's it's mine. So it belongs to nobody else in my life. I can sit down and I can write these stories. And it was very therapeutic. Yes. Because, you know, they may not be our stories as authors that we write, but they, I believe that they come from experiences that we mm-hmm. have. Whether it's an emotion from an experience I grab onto yes. work into this situation that's yeah. happening, or an actual situation that may have happened or happened to someone or something. And so I do feel like a lot of us go into that. And so it was very cathartic. It was almost therapeutic yeah. for me to write these stories, right? I love um, and I'm it. so all about the feelings. Like, my stories will break your heart and stomp on it and make you cry. And yeah. I just love that. Like, because life is that. Yeah. Like it's real, it's raw, yeah. it's up, it's down, it's pain, it's happiness, all of those things, right? And so that's what I put into my stories. But I think, you know, the fact that I have now, you know, pivoted my career as well, mm-hmm. I really do believe came from giving myself this space, right? Yes. Giving myself this thing where mm-hmm. I started to realize it doesn't have to only be about everybody else. So COVID actually is what created the scenario in which I, I changed my career. Yes. Um, and I was dentist for 15 years up until September. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, you know, I had been thinking about wanting to get out for a couple of years before that as well. Do you know responsibility? You know, yeah. it, it, it paid the bills. It yes. paid the bills nicely. Yeah. You know, it helped, kept me from having to worry about my children, what they needed. Mm-hmm. And so I did it, you know, I, I did that, and but it was very um, daunting and very difficult. Like a couple years back, it had started to have physical effects mm-hmm. on me, my back, my leg. I mean, it had gotten so bad that just six months ago, my chiropractor, who's also my friend, uh, told me, if you don't do something, I'm going to see you in a wheelchair because your back is getting that bad. Because I worked at a very high oh, gosh. volume, yeah. fast-paced office. Yeah. So some offices see eight people a day. We yeah. saw 10 to 12 a morning. Oh my gosh. So it was physically daunting. It was mentally exhausting. It was just stressful in so many ways that people don't really realize in that, yeah. you know, field is a tough field. Um, and so in September when my assistant had to stay home with her children because she had lost her nanny to COVID, mm-hmm. um, it 
it was like the universe just pushed me out the door, shut it, right? Like you're not going back, you know? Yeah, it's and, like a sign. Yeah, somehow. It was, it like yeah, I've been thinking about it. There'd be moments yeah. that I could maybe make a move, and I didn't uh, for fear, for comfort, being comfortable, mm -hmm. and you know, already knowing what was going on, yeah. you know, and doing something that was scary, you know. And yeah. so, um, but we lost. I lost my assistant, and the idea was that we were going to hire someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had been working with my boss for the whole 15 years, so he's not just my boss, he was my family, Your he family, was my yeah. best friend, like, yeah. you know, we were just very close, yeah. you know, and like, he, you know, and so he, he was like, I don't know, we're going to find someone, but I just had this feeling it wasn't going to happen, right, nobody wants to work in the industry during COVID, like, it's just, <laughs> you know, you're in someone's mouth, right, like, how else did you get the pants, it's like right there, you know, and even though we're totally geared up and surprised yeah. we didn't get it, but still, you know, it's tough, yeah. and so, um, we couldn't find the assistant, and so I had to start to figure out what I was going to do, and the idea of going and applying and trying to work in a different office was just like, oh my god, anxiety was, was unbelievable, so, yeah. I couldn't, it was just, I just knew I didn't want to do that, so I had to figure it out, and you know, being that specialized of a degree, like, people look at a dentist and they're going to be like, what else are you going to do, you Yeah. Know? Um, so I had to, I had to get creative. I had to find a way to so take good. those, so good. those, you know, those skills I had from yeah. with patients and the communication and the mm -hmm. human resource aspect of it and all of that yeah. and turn around and try to apply it in other places. And I got lucky, you know, there's, I think luck is a big thing. I think who you know is a big thing. Yes. I had certain people that were contacts in certain, you know, different companies and mm -hmm. I was able to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And once I got my foot in the door, it was it was just a matter of trying to overlap skills and yeah. trying to prove that I could do things, you know. Um, and then I, you know, and then the universe just said, God said, this is it. This is what you're gonna do. And so now I work for motion picture. Uh, <laughs> that is so amazing. Yeah, so. But it was it was finding the ability to realize that I could do something for myself that mm -hmm. I think opened up this space for me to realize I can make a change, yeah. you know? I, I want to hear this. I want to hear what is that, you know, what, what inspired you actually to make that significant change? I mean, what, I, I love this. Okay, I want you to say that phrase that she told me actually. <laughs> she told me this phrase that, oh my gosh, I said, okay, I'm gonna keep this. And I'm, I actually put it on my note and I was like, <laughs> okay, that really touched me. And I think you have to, you know, share that to everyone. So, yeah, during the, yeah, during that time that you were really, really down, yes. during the time you, that you were depressed and, and you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is not me anymore. Where am I? Who am I? Like everything is about the people around right. me. It's not, when am I going to give myself a time? And then you were like, you know, going through the rock bottom and. Right. And you asked me what kept me from drowning. Mm -hmm. And I just said that it really wasn't the time to drown. Um, because look, life is hard, yeah. right? Everybody's got hard things. And I don't think my hard things are harder than anyone else's. But up until that point, I had been dealing with a sick child. Mm -hmm. um, I had been dealing with what that effect was on my relationship with my husband, mm -hmm. with um, my family, all that kind of stuff. Um, I had lost, uh, I had lost someone who was very close to me, I told you this, in my yes. mid-20s, mm -hmm. um, who was like my person, he yeah. was like, my, he was my cousin, but he was my, my, just my, I call him my soulmate, mm -hmm. and you know, there were so many hard things I had had to deal with mm -hmm. that I never even thought that I was going to drown. I yeah. felt like I was drowning, but I don't think I ever thought I was going to drown. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, you know, because, because you just 
can't drown. What is the alternative? What are you, you gonna said, do? You said it wasn't time yet. Yeah, it wasn't time to drown. It wasn't, yeah. and, and it just, you just can't. You just can't, because what is the alternative? I couldn't do it. I had kids depending on me. I didn't want them to see that. I wanted my children to see that they could, they could get up, mm -hmm. you know? You have to get up. And so, I know it's hard to get up, and I don't really know what gave me the strength to do it, honestly, mm -hmm. I just did it. Because finding myself felt a lot easier than dealing with my sick child or mm -hmm. dealing with a death of someone I'm never gonna see again. You know, I thought I can maybe do something about this. You know, it's all in me, right? And mm -hmm. I'm the keeper of me, and so yeah. maybe I can find something in me mm -hmm. to get me out of this. It was survival. Yeah, and mind you, from being a dentist to writing a book. I mean, how did you even discover, like, okay, I can actually write? Because somehow you said you can sing and you can do other things. What made you, like, you know, switch from being this and then not even think of, well, wow, I can also sing. What, like, right away to writing. And, and guess what? Not just writing. She did not self-publish. She was actually very, very lucky and blessed that she got three contracts, right? I oh, two contracts. Three, yes. Yeah, two contracts, two, and they're both for With a publishing years. company. Yeah, with two different publishing companies, and I have an agent. Yeah. And so, um, yes. Uh, you know, because part of the, the writing, the singing, it was the writing part of it. The, yeah. The putting my feelings yeah. into words mm -hmm. that has always been appealing to me. You mm -hmm. know, um, I did that all my life. So it was just, it was second nature. Once I let myself have that moment, I just fell into it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and because, because to me, it, it all kind of feels the same. So like a poem is a condensed version. You spread it out a little bit, those feelings. I got a song, you spread it out a little bit, and then uh -huh. you got a story. Yeah. You know, and so it was just this progression. And I don't know, I just, I just did it. I really didn't think I was going to get yeah. to the point where they were published. I just thought, I need to do something, yeah. you know, whatever that is, to pour my feelings into uh -huh. that maybe are just two hours in a day that are mine. And it just... How many, can I ask, like, okay, can I ask for somebody, somebody who wants to be a writer or to, you know, to write a book, how did you start this whole process? So I wrote it. Yeah, because <laughs> it takes wrote. a while. Yeah, it takes it like maybe like, it yeah. It took me a year, now I'm yeah. faster. But um, I wrote it and then I, my sister-in-law, one of my sister-in-laws, she was trying to write some children's books. So she's uh -huh. really good about researching and figuring everything out. So once I finished the book, mm -hmm. she was like, okay, so now you've got to edit it. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about editing. So I, you know, I was like, okay, well, will you read it? And she was yeah. like, yeah. So she read it and she did some edits. Yeah. Um, then I was like, okay, and now what do I do? And um, I, I started to dive into different um, writing communities. Mm -hmm. So Twitter's a really big writing community yeah. um, on there that she had told me about. And so I started to make writer friends. Oh. Just and honestly, right now, yeah. some of my closest friends are my writer friends I've never met in real life. What? But we talk on the phone and FaceTime and text, and they are literally my go-tos at this point. Like, no. we are just planning trips to meet each other. But because we're across the country. But, you know, because we're wow. in the same sort of thing, we do a lot of, you know, overlapping. So once I had my little writing community, they become what are called critique partners. And so as you write, you switch things around, and everyone reads, and they do, like, heavy edits and, and tell you, like, this, you know, there's storyline edits, and then there's different types of edits. And so we all do that for each other. But that's, that's a good way of finding friends as Twitter. well. If you want to be an author, get on Twitter and look up the writing community. 
It's literally hashtag writing community. And it becomes... Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. So Twitter's also where I got my agent, by the way. What? It's also where I got my second contract. Yeah. Wait, so, what? Yeah, so Twitter... It, does, so this is not all on oh, Twitter. Yeah, it's all on Twitter. Um, Twitter oh, wow. Twitter of writing um, competitions, like, competitions. Yeah. Um, and they're called, like... Um, uh, pit mad or you know there's all these different names for it and so there's one that was called the diversity pit and I get to do it because I'm a diverse author as well as I have diverse characters now if you're one or the other so wow. you know, they want diverse stories the, the, the publishing community is looking for more diverse stories and so you know I, um, I, I did that and I ended up getting my agent and then one of the publishing houses entangled for my second yeah. series which only has one book out now the second one's coming and then there will be a third um, they found me off that as well and, and offered me a contract so yes if you want to be a writer honestly I say go to Twitter you also do have to take it with a grain of salt because a lot yeah. of drama happens on Twitter so just ignore it <laughs> that's not important but yeah that's where I found a lot of my critique partners a lot of my author friends um, you know there's a lot of conventions yeah COVID the summer before COVID I went to a convention in New York a romance writers one it was amazing so when these you know yes. these conventions start again do those they're so funny to meet them in real life I got to meet half my author friends in real life we spent all week together it was Wow, I didn't even know that yeah. you can, you know, you, you can have like a community yeah. and yeah. a and, um, writing community. I didn't know until my sister-in-law turned me on to it. And so I did that. Wow. And then my author friends, I learned what the steps were and how to do it. And so you have to write a particular type of letter called a query letter. You have to have a synopsis of your book and you send it out to author, I mean, agents and uh, publishing houses. And then you cross your fingers and get ready wow. because there are a ton of people that are going to reject you and that's okay and that's okay and that is okay because yeah it's not about did you was it easy for you no, no. no. okay no i would have i mean thank god for my author friends yeah <laughs> because honestly i almost threw in the towel ten thousand times along the way because i was like oh i suck i suck i suck nobody wants this this talk this story yeah. sucks forget it you know and it was them who had been in it a little bit longer than me who were like ah no this is just your stripes keep going you know oh my and God. eventually now in hindsight I realized I actually got my first contract very quickly I only had to you're so that. lucky I was so saying luck I there's know a luck. there's a lot of luck there's a lot of timing a lot of universe happening a lot of yeah. God all those things you know but everyone has a time and you know and I love that you love God <laughs> I love that you're a believer <laughs> family I mean was your husband you know me I'm very pro marriage was your husband more like I mean he was excited about you the the, the switching of career because you kept to spend more time with him so, and then the kids and the uh, family like so how was that he he wasn't I mean he was excited for me this time around <laughs> yeah when um when I was originally thinking about changing careers a couple of years ago I think uh -huh. he was a little more because you know uh -huh. it's a two it's a two income household yeah you know we're partners yeah in my house we both are 50 50 yeah. you know and so we work hard to mm -hmm. give our kids life that they have uh -huh. and um and so i think he was a little nervous about what that would look like uh -huh. you know um but yeah he's totally excited about this for me he he's you know he can see the light like that I have, i'm so much less stressed out yeah and, you know it's new and it's scary and yeah sure there's like the stress of learning it all yeah but at the same time it's just different because if i don't have to you know everything i do isn't going to affect another human being and that's a really big responsibility to have on you that people yeah. who are not in the medical field don't 
realize that we carry every single day. So I, it's so funny because I actually have someone that I'm close to, and she's a doctor, but she always like complains, like I really love my job, I really want this, but ah, oh, I wish I'm doing something else. You know, like I'm, I'm gonna have her watch this one and say, hey, yeah, look at so this girl. Yeah. Like literally, from being a dentist, she's a doctor too, and you know, switching to a new one. But okay, so. Uh, if someone is out there like watching right now and she feels very, you know, like down and like, how can I do this? I don't think, I don't know anything. You know, I'm just a mom. You know, there's a lot of them out there. I'm just a mom. How can I take care of, you know, three kids and then work at the same time? You know, and, you know, telling me that I'm going to give up this, you know, like not really give up the kids, but give up a little bit of time for, you know, for my kids and doing what somehow I want that will make me happy. Um, you know, my advice would be that you deserve it. I love that. You deserve that. some yes. time. You know, it takes a long time. Look, I come from I come from a culture that is all about giving of yourself to your family, and yeah. it creates these amazing families. Don't get my yes. five five people in the family I was born in. My parents and my brothers. Mm -hmm. We are fierce army. Like that's what it feels like to me. We face nothing alone, mm -hmm. and there is always this feeling of support and like, I will never actually fall. My father will figure out how to fix anything for me. Yeah. You know, he, or for all of us, he's, you know, they're just both super supportive. My brothers are just, it, I am so blessed. I always say, and I always tell them, I do not know what I did in my last life, but whatever it was, God really thought I deserved this because my Aww. family is amazing. And so, yeah, it's super important. But at the same time, you're super important. And yes. if you can't have an identity, then you can't be your best version for anyone else. So you have, there are sacrifices that have to be made. There is a little time that you have to give up. There is, you know, a lot of work you've got to put in. And the idea of not knowing anything, I think that's crap. That's not true. Um, there's always something in your day-to-day, -day, whatever that is, whether it's a career or being a stay-at-home mom or whatever, that mm -hmm. overlaps with something else. I mean you can do it. There is a way to figure that out. You have to have confidence. You have to, you know, just go out there. I mean, what is the worst that's going to happen if you did try to, you know, get yeah, another job? Yeah. What's going to happen? They're going to say no. But are you, do you believe, though, that timing is important? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. This was not a move I would have made when my children were younger. Yes. This is not a move I would have made, you know, when we were not financially stable. You mm -hmm. know, this was not a move I would have made. And, and you know what? That's just life. Sometimes you just can't do it when you want to do it. So find a littler thing to find your own, you know, identity. Like, for me, writing, yes, it's a career. It doesn't pay that well. Just FYI, you're trying to yeah. Unless you're like a, you know, bestseller. Yeah. Just let me find myself a little bit. So whatever that is, do it. You deserve it. You get that hour or that two hours or that, you know, couple days a week or whatever. Just for yourself. Yeah. There's I love that you said that. Things. you got to find the little things until you can do the big thing. I love that you said that, that this is something that you own. Yeah, and you did it. You did it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, that's. This is so wonderful. Now, now I know that you're in a motion picture. <laughs> okay, like talking about switching. <laughs> now an author, an author, and then now in a motion picture, right? So yeah. now you have a different, totally different career I have a now. Totally different career. Yeah, I do. Um, and again, a yeah. luck. Yeah. You know, a, con a mutual contact, mm -hmm. timing. Um, 
and it, it just happened and I honestly don't ask me how because I really don't know yeah <laughs> I'm not sure I'm super excited about it I'm not gonna question it um and yeah so now I'm I'm the director of special projects for one of the departments of motion picture and I love it's, it yeah it's a it's a newer position that was created for me and it allows me to be creative uh -huh. and so um I'm figuring it out as I go but wow. it's super exciting yeah it's now you're using the art in you, yeah. the artistic part, Absolutely. the creative yes. part in you. This is a very, very good question that I want to ask for. How important was wanting, what was wanting or needing something new in your desire to make a change in your life? It, this is it really important. Yeah. It wasn't a desire. It was a necessity. Oh, it uh, wasn't a desire. It was a necessity. Uh, it, you know, I think a lot of times we mm -hmm. go into survival mode, right? Because it's hard being a woman. It's hard being a mom. It's hard being a wife. It's just, you know, we're, we're in this, this world. Where they think it's easy. No, no it's, not. No, it's not. Yeah. And, you know, we're in this world where we're expected to do something fabulous with ourselves yeah. and have careers, but at the same time, we're expected to be a mom and take care of everything. And yeah. so, you know, like, we're not, we don't, we're not held to the same standards as men are. And so it's a lot. Um, and I, I think that, it was a necessity. It was, it was, it was something that just had to happen, like mm -hmm. breathing for me. If I didn't do it, I, I may not have, I may not have gotten out of that. I may not have been able to pick myself back up. Like I had yeah. to grab onto something, you know. I love this whole thing, you guys. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of you, maybe a couple of women out there are feeling like, you know what, it's, this is, I'm done. Like, I'm done with life. And, uh, you know, how many people are like having suicidal thoughts and we're losing a lot of women, actually. Yeah. And um, even, in fact, even in my country who does not actually believe in um, this whole, uh, what, we don't have therapists in my country, in the really? Philippines, not much. Mm. Um, and um, in fact, I just um, interviewed a, a friend of mine who um, her, has, uh, her son just committed suicide as well. And they just thought that it's, the end that they can't do anything else you know that this okay just and you know ending our life and everything is like the the answer but it's not you know you have so much purpose that you can actually do here on earth and I believe that each one of us have something like some sort of like a purpose and not just like the whole not just of course taking care of your family being a mom oh, and being absolutely. a wife is like a you know mm -hmm. that's your number one purpose but yeah. there is somehow out there yeah right absolutely I actually yeah. believe a lot in energy and yeah. I think you know um this I, I try to be a lot, a very in tune. So like I can feel my energy connect with another human being mm -hmm. and it'll be, I mean, from all walks of life, it's not just like, you know, it could be anyone. Mm -hmm. And there's just this moment where I feel this, this connection. And I think there's a purpose in this connection for me. I'm going to be someone for them or they're going to be someone for me. Yes. And whether it's just that one conversation mm -hmm. or a friendship or a long, you know, whatever it yeah. is. But I do, I do believe that that's what this life's all about. It's all about making mm -hmm. those connections. It's all because, you know, there's, there's, it really depends on what you believe. I believe there's somewhere else. This isn't the stopping point. This is just yeah. a train station. And so for me, I think that our purpose is to make those connections. And, and in those connections, we help each other in ways that we may not even know we're doing. And then, and then that's, that's your purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your purpose is to, is to do that. 
Oh my gosh, that's so, I cannot believe it's already like 30 minutes. Uh, wait, before we, before I ask her the last advice, I want to show, okay, can we show your book? Yes. Oh yes, my yes. gosh. So, um, these are, this is the Forbidden Love series. Um, oh. Faith is the first, and uh -huh. then you've got Destiny and Time. And essentially, the characters from these go into having their own stories in these. Uh -oh. And um, they're all about all my all my. Um, this one is set to music. This is my uh, romance rock star uh -huh. series. This is the first in this one. The second one is coming. It's called Guard Her Heart, uh -huh. and then there'll be a third. And they all have Iranian women as their main wow. characters, and they're all first generation. I wanted to. The reason I wrote these stories is because yeah. I wanted to. Um, to show a light on, on my culture in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. So you only ever see us in movies and, you know, out in the world as, as these bad people, right? Like the terrorists. No, oh my and God. you see us also with My therapist, by the way, is an Iranian. <laughs> yeah. it, or you see yeah. us, you know, you see stories set in the Middle East and the countries mm -hmm. that we come from. And, and I wanted people to see that there are, what we're like here, you know, trying to find our way amongst all these yeah. things, trying to be, you know, in the new, you know, the new age, mm -hmm. at the same time is still holding on to our traditions and all the troubles that the women see. It's really tough to be a, a new Iranian yeah. woman trying to figure it out. And so all of these books are essentially that. They are, they are literally some yes. Iranian women trying to find her way through. Oh, I love that. Get independence, you know. Get independence. It's so hard to be, to move to a foreign country, yes. not knowing any you know, not knowing anybody like your mom. I mean, yeah. can you hug your mom for me? Because yeah, I'm the like, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I moved here, not knowing English is my second language, not knowing anybody. I mean, I, of course I have my kids and uh, husband, but it's like yeah. really tough. It took yeah. me a while, yeah. but now, yeah. Now the daughter of someone who has to deal with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's oh my God, that is so hard. You're, you're just stuck in this, trying to figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can you tell our viewers any three take home, three things, three advice for them to take home for today? Three, okay. Yeah. Um, I am going to um, say, first of all, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I don't really think I did anything spectacular that no one else could do. Um, I think you all can do that. So um, my, I would say you're worth it. You deserve it. Take a moment, even if that's a small little thing, and mm -hmm. find what that lifeboat is for you and start. It's the small things that will accumulate that will become big and will make you find yourself again. As women, I think we really need to find ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think have a voice. So when things feel like they're too much and too heavy, whoever your person is, whether it's your spouse, your, you know, your family member, a friend, find someone to to confide that in so that you don't feel like you're carrying that load all alone mm, and that. um hang in there because this is this isn't it we're we've got more things to do and more people to uh touch and 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 become you know a part of their lives and, and you are definitely important so don't don't ever forget that yeah that's so good remember she said it's not your time yet <laughs> so girls ladies it's never remember that it's not too late to decide what you want to do for you for yourself it's never too late never, never. even if they're like 50 years old even if even if you're like 60 years old oh my gosh it's never too late find something that's different in your life that will make you happy 
It's actually for you. My God, thank you so much. Here, can we all cheers? And please, everyone, can we pray for peace for our world? And please don't forget to give love to the next person that you see after watching and listening to our show. Thank you so much, Polish women. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies, today's episode is partially brought to you by Aaron Cox of ACX Financial. At ACX Financial, they specialize in life insurance with living benefits as well as secure strategies for generational wealth building. You can call 213-474-7360. Again, it's 213-474-7360 today for information to schedule your free financial strategy consultation.